Hello and welcome to Let's Talk Tradies, a podcast brought to you from myself, host Monique Dralovac, bricklayer and owner of mjbricklaying.co. I have created this podcast to motivate, inspire and educate, bring you to a choice of topics from inside the construction industry, women in trades, mental health and wellness, along with a bit of fun. The following podcast has been recorded at Tradie HQ. Hello everyone and welcome back to Let's Talk Tradies. So today I have with me Graydon and Jake, who are owners of the Empowered Project, and they're going to talk to us a little bit about themselves and the men's mental health side of things and why they've gotten into coaching. So guys, welcome to the potty. Thank you. Thank you. So do you guys want to tell us a little bit about yourselves? We'll start with Graydon. Sure. Um, so mechanic by trade, light vehicle, then I travelled overseas, lived in Canada for a bit, then went to heavy, um, then came back home and went through a roller coaster of mental health battles and all sorts of different life changes. Uh, Mum went through a bit of an illness and all sorts of other circumstances. Um, and that kind of brought me on to an entrepreneurial career, personal growth, uh, probably more personal growth first. Dived into myself, figured out the ins and outs, what uh, what needed work, where I needed to work on, and then just become obsessed with that. Um, and had a huge personal growth chapter of my life and that led on to more of an entrepreneurial path uh, where now I've got four businesses. So I do a bit of mindset coaching, e-commerce, uh, equipment hire, and then the Empowered Project, motivational talking, mental health talking, kind of mindset training along with Jake. Yeah, I guess to summarise the the story for me is grew up with a bullied kid, uh, split divorced parents, there was domestic violence, um, yeah, feelings of not good enough, not worthy, you know, fearing rejection, judgment, failure, going through all of that, uh, led into martial arts, did martial arts 15 years, professional kickboxer, black belt in Zendukai, uh, ex-gang me- uh, member, uh, went through all the roughness whilst working as a scaffolder rigger, uh, fly in, fly out. And then in, yeah, 2015, my life changed for the better. Um, and, yeah, I haven't looked back ever since. Um, I guess in short, Googled how to become successful on Google and then we just went from there and I went to a Tony Robbins event and that changed my life and that's when I realised the power of coaching, personal development, professional development and mindset. Mindset was the key to tie everything together. So I guess fast forward to where I am now, there's still been a massive journey but because we're you know short on time, uh, seven or eight years later now, we've I've opened you know five businesses uh, run two gyms, so I own two gyms, a mindset coaching company, uh, the Empowered Project, and I've got a recovery clinic inside one of my gyms. So everything that I've built is in alignment with what's most important to me and all around delivering as much impact to men and all the people around us. So that's just the brief, brief <laughs> rundown. The shortened version. Yeah. yeah. So did you guys, uh, well, so you both have such different backgrounds, I guess, to growing up and what made you want to get into like, I guess such mindset um, entrepreneurial pathways. So do you just want to explain just a little bit about your mental health and your upbringing so that anyone that is listening that is struggling with anything can get like a bit of inspiration from it? Yeah, for sure. I think for Jake and I, like it's a bit of yin and yang kind of set up. Um, you know, I went to the private boys school. My parents were amazing parents, super supportive. I kind of refer to it as a broken household but also an amazing with amazing parents. So my parents went through a divorce when I was 14 which is super confusing at that age. Mum was dealing with the rare liver disease as well for about 15 years. So through that, I had the parents divorce, mum's liver disease, and then school just sucked in general. Um, so basically just navigated through that really tough patch, but had super amazing parents, you know, that bought me the rugby boots, took me traveling to Africa, like beyond grateful for it. Um, probably wasn't emotionally available there, and since I've done the work now, I've been able to reflect back on those years and deal with some trauma through those stages, um, which kind of, um, yeah, I suppose led me to where I am now. But on the younger days was, yeah, I definitely, um, what's the word, I suppose, I was extremely, not gifted, but I mean, just got given some amazing opportunities in the younger years, which I'm beyond grateful for. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did hold a lot of trauma in those years, which I'm so grateful for now because that put me onto the track that I'm on now. And doing the hard work the past couple of years has now allowed me to help other people navigate through that. So although I didn't have an extremely broken household, I consider my childhood very, I suppose, unstable and broken mm-hmm. also. So, um, 
Yeah, I suppose that's – I've got a bit of a tangent there. <laughs> so what do you think actually made you really start going on your, I guess, self-development journey? Because I know a lot of people, especially like a lot of traders that I know, don't do a lot besides work and go home and that's about it. Like they don't really look after themselves. Yeah, I think the tradie industry in itself can be quite toxic, mm. um, which is a shame. It can also be the opposite as well, depending yeah. on your environment, of course. But for me – I qualified mechanic, worked up in Wallace, up in the hills, and I qualified and I was like, is this it? This sucks. Like yeah. I I didn't really know what was, you know, ahead of me. I was like, is looking at people that were 20, 30, 40 years ahead of me, I was like, fuck, is that it? Like I could get a mechanic workshop but then kind of like did the finances in my head. I'm like, it doesn't really seem like there's a lot of money in it. Like not that life's all about money. But financial freedom brings freedom in other areas of life as well. Yeah, absolutely. And freedom brings happiness. And to have freedom, you've got to have that financial gain. And I kind of was a bit lost. I thought, I'm going to go traveling. So Mm. I bought a ticket to Canada, lived in Canada for about a year. I actually bought a ticket not intending to come back. I wanted to just keep going and park up somewhere else and live a happy life. Um, But through Canada, I bought my trauma from, from my younger years traveling with me and I started suppressing it with partying, drugs, all that kind of stuff, which jeopardized my mental health even more. Um, And then when mum fell ill and had a transplant, I was in on a farm in Canada, middle of nowhere, had to get home. So I got home, it was one way flight, sorry, one way, it was 11 grand and I had to quarantine for two weeks while mum was in the middle of COVID, Mm. literally all airports were shut. (laughs) I would get to the airport and I'd be going to board my flight and they're like, it's cancelled. I'm like, refund. No, they're like, no, nah, see ya. So I have to buy another one, sleep at the airport, get another flight. Eventually I got home. Uh, the mum was in the ICU at the time, so I didn't know if she had come out of surgery, survived, didn't really know what was going on. Um, positive end to the story. She did survive. Yeah. She just competed in the transplant games, got bronze for Australia. Amazing woman. I look oh up God. to her. Um, but a fucking roller coaster. Are we there yeah. on this podcast? Yeah, that's fine. Okay. <laughs> Don't so Should have checked at the start. Um, but, yeah, so that was roller coaster for me. But although I watched my mum strive through this illness and just see her at her lowest of lows and then at her highest of highs and just not giving up, I did a bit of self-reflection. I was just – I wasn't present for mum how I should have been. And I started looking inwards. This time I was in a relationship that now I look back on it was quite toxic. I blamed it all on her but – only now I look back and I say it takes two to tango mm. and I attracted what you put out in the universe, you attract in. So although I can put all the blame on someone else, I attracted that. So I'm half to blame. Yeah. So through that relationship it ended and I actually found myself probably the lowest of lows. I was still suppressing all my emotions with parting, didn't understand them, couldn't control them. Um, all of this was suppressed through being a tradesman and doing my apprenticeship. It was a very similar lifestyle and I learned to suppress it all through having beers after work going to the pub for thirsty Thursdays, Friday, Saturday, yeah. Sundays. And I think that's the thing that like everyone gets trapped in, especially like when they're like, in the younger generation as well. Like you do, you have beers after work with the boys or you go to the pub and whatnot and then it's just the same repetitive thing. And I think like that's where everyone has such a block in like wanting to grow or, you know, mm. learning how to grow because mm. you're kind of just doing the same thing all the time and it's really hard to get out of that state, especially when you're surrounded by those people all the time. Yeah. Socially acceptable. So what yeah. happens is human beings have a knack to fit in. The two yeah. greatest fears of the human being is that we aren't enough or that we won't be loved and accepted. So we will always mould to our environment. Human beings are programmed for conformity. So that is why you'll always mould to your environment. Grad and I always say that you are the five people that you hang around with. Mm. And regardless, as, you can be strong-willed because I've been in that situation where I've been super motivated but I'll still mould to my environment whether I like it or not. Yep. Yeah, I, I think as well like with the drinking stigma around trades, like probably rolling on to the end of the negative journey I was on was I wanted to stop partying. So yep. I'd be around the colleagues and we'd finish work on a Friday and everyone be handing beers. I was like, I'm all good, thanks. And I would get, what's wrong with you? Yep. Are you okay? You're a fucking pussy. Yeah. Like I get all these. It's literally what it is, yeah. And I'm like, obviously being that uh, isolated masculine figure of not wanting to show emotions, I didn't want to tell them what was going on upstairs. So I'd either drink or I'd just feel that isolation. I'd leave. I, I didn't yeah. feel like I'd fit in. So I'd leave. And it took me an intense and rapid kind of realisation of I need to just separate myself like jake said you you become the five closest people you hang out with i looked at them i didn't want to be them 
And that's mm. no offense to them. I respect everyone for their journey because that's their journey. But I looked mm. at it and it wasn't my journey. So I was like, I'm going to make some changes because at this point, my mental health was at the lowest possible and I was debating whether or not it's still worth being here or not. Yeah. And after that stage, I said, no drinking, no drugs, no girls, everything. I quit smoking, cold turkey. My personality is pretty full on. So I don't dabble in it. I either go hard or I don't go at all. I yeah. did that on a lot of negative things like partying and stuff like that. But I've managed to channel it into the positive stuff. So, right, quit smoking, two pack a day in the bin, I'm done. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it was not easy, but like it was actually one of the hardest things I've done to this day. I got people asking me, get off my high horse, thinking that I was good because I'd better than them because I'd quit smoking because they still smoked. I look at it now, I know it's just a reflection of themselves. That's why they get a little bit offended. Those comments aren't actually directed at me. And like I said, I respect them for it as well. And if they hit me up saying I want to quit, I would have my arms open helping them. Mm. So I had to get around better people. So I changed my environment. So um, I moved away from that group. Like I said, I still respect them and love them. I still see them now as well. Um, it just wasn't healthy for me. Um, and then obviously, yeah, changed my environment, getting around people that I wanted to become, getting mentors and personal growth, getting mentors and business, getting mentors and everything, reaching out, pretty much living my life in constant uncomfortable feelings for probably a year and a half straight every day there was something uncomfortable i was doing and i fucking hated it but i grew so much from it and that was because you wanted to change because i wanted to change but if you want to change you have to change yeah you're the one that has to take action whether you are a bricklaying apprentice you then become qualified you want to do a business you did all those things Mm. it's no different to me doing what i've done with the businesses the personal growth I chose to do that. I took action with the help of people, mentors reaching out. Yeah, but that was you reaching out as well and that's the thing, yeah. Just taking action. Yeah. And I think like Jake's saying, which I love, is when you get sick and tired of your own bullshit, you know, what is it actually? All great change <laughs> happens when you get sick and tired of your own bullshit. Yeah, yeah. you say it way better than that. And me. then <laughs> generally the reason why human beings are so fascinating will either, unless there's something desire, but most people are motivated by pain, the whip, not the carrot. Yeah, we can say, oh, look, over there's a, a, a rainbow. It's so beautiful. But human beings are programmed for survival and safety, not success, love or happiness. So your brain's always going to look for the thing that's wrong. Yeah, so, exactly. So that's why, like, you know, when we, we go through all that, it takes a catastrophic event that causes you pain to say, now I have the leverage to want to change my behaviour or change. So that's why, like, people struggle. People will quit alcohol if they almost have a heart attack and sometimes the vice is so strong that they won't even do that and it's not like differentiating or demonizing what's good or bad because that's not the thing but a lot of people will either you won't be able to change someone unless a you want to change or you're motivated by something Mm. Mm. you have to change your environment to get there Mm. which is a struggle for a lot of people yeah definitely i mean your environment determines your future regardless yeah and, like, obviously changing the environment for me was the hardest thing I had to do, like distancing myself from people and not being able to explain why and then getting a lot of backlash from it, mm. like a lot. Like I had family saying, what's wrong with you? Are you okay? I was the best I'd ever been but I wasn't and taking that action. So getting resentment from employees, um, family, friends, loved ones, it's it's tough. Yeah. But sometimes you've got to put yourself first yeah. to then give everyone else number one version where everyone was getting number 20 version of me, just like Mm. the absolute Mm. scrap version where now being selfish, looking inwards and working on myself for two years, everyone gets number one version. And if they're not getting number one version, I don't see them until I'm back to number one and then they get number one version. Mm. I feel like that's like a struggle like I'm going through at the moment is I'm still living at home, but the whole, like I'm, you know, going on my new ventures and with life and everything as well. And I'm continuously trying to like upskill and grow. But mm. then I feel like, yeah, there's a lot of resentment from my family. And like, if I'll go down and talk to them or something, they'll just be like, well, we haven't spoken to us all night. Like, where have you been? You're not even part of the family anymore. And I'm like, well, I'm sorry, you're, I'm not sitting in front of the TV all the time. But, you know, it's so hard when like, yeah, you have that environment. But it is the mindset as well. Like, I will ignore that. And I'm still going to like, I'm not going to let that hold me back either. Nah, I think if you ever want to do something that's slightly against the norm. The grain, yeah. Go against the grain, go against current, you're going to get backlash mm. regardless. It's just Australia's terrible for tall poppy syndrome. It's just atrocious. As soon as you want to slightly do something that's not normal or slightly get above, it's like he cheated, 
or daddy's money or he sells drugs or something when you're just trying to get ahead and succeed. So yeah. I think once you can comprehend the fact that you will get backlash regardless. But like yeah. I said, I, whenever I get backlash, I struggled. I used to really mm. affect me. When now I look at it and I'm like, that's got everything to do with them, nothing to do with me. And if- that's the, yeah, the change in mindset because I used to be like a lot more like that. I would always let everyone put me down and like really take it. But now I can feel like I've definitely grown whereas I understand, you know, I, I can take it now. Yeah. Like I think if you're doing, <laughs> my mentor says this, if what you're doing is moral, ethical and legal, mm. then you should be at peace. Yeah. If you're not, and if you're not being your real self. So being your real self, Authentic. moral, ethical and legal then what have you got to get upset about? You just yeah. reflect it back on them because that's their shit, not yours. Mm. So, Jake, <laughs> we'll go to you now. <laughs> Absolutely. I guess where do I start? So I guess for me, my journey started uh, when I was about seven years old and I got bullied at the rugby club. And usually me and my brother have such a fantastic relationship. I actually joined the gang because of him because I wanted to protect him. Um, but that's where I think my story started I was out there, my mum was, you know, maybe she was going through her own thing, nothing bad, love my mum and I love my dad now too. And um, at the night, uh, this is where I guess more my character was forged, I had to become my own hero, I guess. Uh, I was bullied by six or four, sorry, four older kids and they kept beating me up and I went back to my mum and I was crying, mum, mum, help me and she was just having fun and she was going through her own process at the time and I kept going back, they kept doing it, kept going back, kept going doing it. And I went out there one last time and they went to do it again and I lost my mind. This is only at like seven years old. And just for those who know, from ages zero to seven is your imprinting period where you understand, you build your core beliefs, what it means to be a human being. So that at that time I decided the world is unsaved. No one's going to help me but me. I don't fit in. Um, I am, I'm not, why, why don't these kids like me? So I want to feel cool. I want to feel a part of something. And yeah, without going into too much depth, then I fought them all and beat them all by myself. And I felt then I couldn't, you know, if I'm going to ask for help of anyone, I couldn't receive. So I went, I carried that pain on during through life and that um, created like a very aggressive human being if I had my boundaries crossed, very aggressive. So I held that aggression in, was, a, you know, going through childhood. Uh, I was a fat, nerdy kid that was bullied, picked on, um, but then I would also flog every single one of them because... <laughs> That was just who I was. I'd be super nerdy and then they would do it and then I'd be like, don't touch my glasses. I'll fucking, oh, shit. <laughs> I'll, I'll kill you, you know what I mean? And that, that I buried that weight probably. It's only just recently fully released this year. Mm. Um, but that bullying wound led me into like getting picked on and bullied in high school and what's attached to that with human beings when you have a traumatic event or a traumatic event that happens in your life, all human beings attach a meaning. And that meaning is that I'm not good enough, I'm not worthy of love, or I'm not. I'm stupid, I'm fat, I'm ugly. And we carry these beliefs around us and these beliefs that you live your life in unconsciously, which is just conscious mind, unconscious mind, I won't talk about too much, these beliefs are what shape your reality and shape your identity. And when you believe you are a certain way, mm. you'll create an unconscious behavioural pattern. So for me, mine was, I was super defensive. When I was triggered, I was super aggressive because I'm all triggered off these beliefs that happen from this trauma imprint. So going through high school... Uh, I was bullied still up until about uh, 14 years of age. Um, and then all great change happens when you get sick and tired of your own bullshit. Actually, I lie. When that did happen. <laughs> but in before that, after being bullied, it was in my brother's uh, room. I was playing an Xbox game. I was grounded and, you know, uh, there, and I played this game. And this is where I actually realised the law of manifestation. I was playing a game and it was actually called Death Row. <laughs> it's a street fighting game <laughs> and with all gangsters in there. Right? And I made this character. I was like, someday I'm going to be good looking like that character <laughs> and I'm going to be able to bash everyone so I can protect myself. And then fast forward back to that uh, um, grade nine. Uh, I started martial arts, stopped wearing glasses. Uh, I started Brazilian jiu-jitsu, Muay Thai kickboxing, boxing. And that's when I started to build this character that I needed to protect my little boy that was still hurt from yeah. there. And I built this warrior. And that mm. was when that warrior facade. So I was like, if I can just become the strongest, the most powerful human, I can fire off everyone. And that's in, when I started fighting in year 15. Sorry, in year <laughs> when I was 15. Uh, and then carried that mentality on and become like sort of a cool kid, still developed my best friendship circle. And then I'm um, leaving high school, you know, got into, you know, I actually wanted to be in the SAS or the TRG or the Tag East, which is Tactical Assault Group. I think West it is 
left, left there, did not do that, ended up becoming a bikey um, instead in a scaffolder. <laughs> Just a complete 180. I was like, yeah. I was like, I'm going to be in the SAS. I actually did my selection process, got there, and then, then my brother took me out of it and my I was so oh. close with my brother. He didn't. He was just scared that he, I thought I was going to go to Afghan and die. Uh, I didn't care, obviously. I just wanted to be a warrior, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, yeah, yeah, so I went through that, did a complete one, and he became a scaffolder rigger, um, started drinking uh, – drinking, we were all drinking piss since a year ago, like, what, 15 years of age anyway. Um, and, yeah, then I got involved in the wrong cloud, like, and everything kind of got triggered off that. We – my brother told me he was out in nightclubs and stuff and I was coming up through school. He's like, it's dangerous out there. He was getting into fights and heaps of stuff and he was worried about me. He's like, you've really got to, if anything ever happens, just fight straight away. So I was like, you just got to fight him straight away. Don't answer any questions. And I lived by that ethos, watching Green Street Hooligans at age 15 before I went out to like partying. The nerdy kids that get bullied still and I used to carry around like shifters to bash people in the face with them. And I was a nerdy kid, don't forget. So it was like this, it was a weird combination. Yeah. Like I'm sitting there at Landworld playing for like 12 hours and we go out to a party with like shifters and stuff like that and like try to bash the bullies because <laughs> that, that, that bullying wound was so apparent for me that it, I carried my whole life. Anyway, long story short, I um, got involved. My brother joined a gang. I won't say which one. Uh, and then I joined to protect him because I thought he was going to die. I was watching Sons of Anarchy. I was like, all right, cool. What do they do? Sell drugs and shoot people and drive around on bikes. This is Fuck. a bad thing with TV these days, guys. <laughs> we just think yeah. that like, the whole world seriously. is like this. <laughs> yeah, and you just make your assumptions. I'm like, yeah. cool. And then, yeah, going through, it was like I was working for, yeah, still age 17, 18 to 23, you know, working fly in, fly out, going home. Bashing people in nightclubs was banned from every nightclub in Perth. Um, partying with my great best friends, doing all, like just like great and doing all the drugs, all the alcohol, experimenting, getting fucked up, like drinking forty beers or thirty beers a night and having ten ecstasies. You know what I mean? Like we liked it was water. You know what I mean? Uh, and then fighting people as well to make it worse. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, I guess that went on, and I was fighting professionally at the same time as a Muay Thai kickboxer. That's even worse because you're not even allowed to do that, are you? Yeah, yeah. I actually got banned when I joined the gang, actually. I got banned from fighting. So it was just like because I was in a gang. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I got banned uh, in 2015. I think it might still be there, but I'm trying to get it off. But, um, yeah. What ban? Uh, just they took my fighting license away from me when I was in a gang. and then Oh, they, so you're not allowed to fight at all at the moment? Uh, I can't even I can't even remember if it's they've taken it off because we yep. did challenge the commission. I was like, I've been out of the gangs for like six years, seven years. Can you take it off? Like, <laughs> um, but, yeah, um, that was a lifestyle of working four-on-one rosters, scaffolding, rigging, drinking piss, mm, drugs, yep. fighting. And then, um, yeah, 2015, my life changed. Uh, yeah, I guess long story short, um, we got flown off site, uh, from being aggressive, I was taking heaps of steroids at the time, got a toxic relationship, uh, all the shit that was happening and, yeah, it just kind of broke down um, and that's when my life changed, you know. I won't go into too much because I don't know what we're like for time. Um, but 2015, $40,000 in debt on GBH charges, no money, um, broke, couldn't pay my rent and uh, girlfriend just left me yeah. uh, and I was just by myself and I was just like something's got to change and I've always stayed true to... Like there was this facade of aggression and all of that. But right now, like my, like Graydon calls it sanguine. So it's like I've always been super loving and caring, right, <laughs> which is so, like super happy, man. And then that's I had the nerdy all, side of you. The, that's the nerdy <laughs> side. So then there was like, you know, that's who I am at the core and then I have built the the warrior as well. So it's like, yeah. then I'll kill you if you touch me. <laughs> you know, then it's, it's like it's like two two human beings in one, you know. But, it, yeah, in 2015, life came crashing down and I was just like, something's going to change here. So yeah. how did you pull yourself out of that? So when you know everything came crashing down, what, you quit your job and everything? Like how did you end up? Well, I was sitting there in reflection, man, and I was so miserable and it's like that's why I said all great change happens when you get sick and tired of your own bullshit. Yeah. Um, well, I relate most of my change from discipline willpower and courage and I learned all that from martial arts I've been mean, remember through all of that I trained martial arts six days five days a week even still while partying doing drugs fighting people everything it was just something that I stuck to yeah because I needed to be able to protect myself I needed to be strong um and it came back down and it was that the warrior voice knocking on my shoulder and it was like you got yourself into this mess you can get yourself out and you create this bullshit you can fix it mm. and then it was just like well you know and I realized it's like Everything in my life is my fucking responsibility. I can I can go there and play fucking pity party, keep blaming my environment, blaming these people. Or if life was fucking different, no, motherfucker, it's all on you. You're yeah. responsible for your life. 
That, and I think it's when you are at your lowest low, that's when you really do start to realise that no one is there to fucking help you. Mm. Like you are alone. It's just I think what happens is we, we operate out of a blame frame. We call it the victim mentality mm. at the Empowered Project. <laughs> and that's when we always want to blame everything that's without outside of us. Yep. And some, the more, it's called the locus of control as well. What can I, I can't control what happens out there, but I can control my thoughts, my feelings, my emotions, my decisions and what I choose to do next. Mm. And that is ownership. Because I own what happens in here. Yeah. And that's how my life changed. And then I just resulted back. That was like the warrior getting summoned up in me. We're in a fight right now. you got two options. You can bitch about it and just freaking wait until the debt collectors come knocking on your door or you go put in jail. You get up and you fucking sort your shit out. That's what I did. Got up, yeah. cleaned my house, typed on Google, how to be successful. And I'll read that book. Cleaned up my CV, applied for every single job that I could find of. And I was like, I got to keep my attitude in check. And here I can't abuse supervisors. I can't do that. Can't be fucking lazy. Can't do all that shit. That's, I got to change. And that's when I bang. And then I just paid, read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, started mm, to pay off my assets book. and liabilities <laughs> and all that crap. And then, um, yeah, just, and then I went to two, uh, Tony Robbins in 2017 yep. as a gang member, jumping around, like fist bumping and walking <laughs> off coals. And, um, I was just like, I'm in a gang still. <laughs> that's my life. And um, yeah, and then I never, that's when I realized, obviously, Googling mindset and stuff. And I was just yep. like, oh, bullshit. I am not, I'm actually good enough. I, mm. I, I'm not dumb. Yeah, and so I was just well. like, and I was just like, oh, it was a lie. This is a bullshit story that I've been telling myself my whole life because of I was bullied, past relationships and all of that. So human beings have a tendency, when we say doing the inner work, it's going deep down and revisiting these and releasing, reframing them. And that's why we, me and Graydon love the Empowered Project because it's about inspiring that change. Mm. Yeah. And we know from being in the – we're not just someone that's got a certificate and put it on the fucking wall. Mm. We've been in the battle trenches. And I always say to some people – and some people won't like this too. I'm going to say it anyway – some people, it doesn't matter what your degree is or anything else like that, until you are a true representation of what you stand for, I can't listen to you. Mm. It's like listening to a fat personal trainer. Sometimes I listen to psychologists. It's like, and it's okay to have problems. I'm not listening, saying that from, it's so fine to have problems. Everyone, we're all beautiful, messy at the same time. But why I really feel strong in what I do is because I'm congruent. I will practice. I'll go to the deepest, darkest, scariest parts of myself and I'll sort myself out. And that's where you have to have courage, you know what I mean? And practice what you preach. Practice what you preach. And Massive. that's why, like, our story in the Empowered Project, we're real, we're raw, we're authentic, and mm. we give a shit. And that's what's our point of difference. And we're really congruent and we'll work harder than anyone. Yeah. Love that. That's so powerful. So how did you guys actually meet? <laughs> now, after we hit all that, yeah, like, I can't even remember. And in 2015, and then projects and go empowered. Yeah. <laughs> I don't actually. Steve, it wasn't I think, a candlelit dinner, that's for sure. No, we're doing a, um, yeah, we're doing a, myself and my mate Steve are doing an endurance event. So the Goggins Challenge, which is uh, four times, four times 48. So four miles every four hours for 48 hours. Okay, yep. Steve's a savage when it comes to running. He's, I fucking hate running. He loves it yeah. for some weird reason. So does this guy. But basically we upped it a little bit. So it was two marathons in two days. And ice bars, eh? And ice bars after every run. Yeah, um, you still do your ice bars now. <laughs> yeah, Actually, you used it the other day too, JJ. Yeah. I've done a fair few ice bars. Is it? I hate the cold until I've done it. And I, was yeah. like, I'll but, even, I even go in there. I was like, I won't talk to anyone. Like I went there with a, a lady the other week and then she was like, what happened? I was just I went straight for the thing because I was like, I hate this. I'm going to go get it out the way first. And I didn't even speak to anyone. I just got my clothes off. And was like, everyone's like, oh, you got in there so quick. And I was like, I hate this. Yeah. <laughs> but that's what everyone says. Everyone's like, yeah, I don't know why saying, you enjoy jumping. ice bars. And I'm like, I no one enjoys sitting in one degree water for three mm. to five minutes. You it feel good afterwards. Though. I've never done it, but I really want to do it. <laughs> we'll have to have an ice bath yeah. because honestly, like the, <laughs> it releases more dopamine than cocaine, but it's not even that. Like, Everyone's just like, bullshit, we're going. Where? Where's the ice bath? <laughs> <laughs> no come down, no regrets. You don't feel like shit. But no, nah, the health ice bath is pretty. And health, and health yeah, benefits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, nah, so we did that Goggins challenge and Jake come and did a run with us. His mates is Steve. Steve, he'd, uh, they'd done coaching together actually. Well, Jake had coached Steve. And, um, yeah, we basically I met Jake and just kicked it off and then we caught up a few more times and then we actually ran an ultramarathon. Jake messaged me three days before the event. I'd never run an ultramarathon before and I hadn't <laughs> trained. Jake's like, do you want to run this ultramarathon? And I was like, oh, this is in prime growth state. So I'm like, I'll do anything. 
was like, fuck it, let's go. Set a limit for 50Ks and I ended up running 76. I was so fucked after as well. <laughs> like that was beyond fucked. And it fucked. started at 3 a.m. It was at the Anzac Ultra, 12 hours. And it started at 3 a.m. It was like minus one degrees and we was like – Oh, to my God. Plan. It was like a 20, 48 hours of planning. It was just like – But you know what? Like I wouldn't recommend anyone just jump. No, nah, I would do it. Fuck it. <laughs> but God. But in saying that, you don't – to, to have big breakthroughs and growth, you don't need to run an ultramarathon. I'm extreme <laughs> yeah. and I want to see how far I can push my mental limits. Mm, yeah. That's why I did it. There is a million other ways, simple as picking up Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Like you don't have to do an ultra, mm. but if you do want to grow, you've got run to be an ultra marathon while reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Fuck it. Let's go. And have a nice bath. Have a nice bath. And have a nice bath. You take the last bath at the finish line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Read five pages on your break, go run laps yeah. and then come back. And then to come the back, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, that's that's how Jake and I met. And then uh, doing the endurance events together, you just you, you get a bond. When you go through that pain for mm. such a long duration of time, you connect with someone like no tomorrow mm. and we just connected through that and i remember at one stage i said to jake i said we're going to be in business one day because we're the polar opposites personality wise but we've oh, got yeah. the same drive the same disciplines um same a lot but different personalities and i was yeah. like man like we're both driven motherfuckers we're going to be in business one day and then obviously we just caught up more become closer and then he texts me at 10 o'clock at night and he's like do you want to start a motivational talking company i was like and then I think four weeks later we had a fully structured business and our first paid talk and I remember him both and I were like sweaty hands freaking out before and I was like, the fuck are we doing? Like what are we – can we even do this? And we had all that inner belief mm. that you battle with but like what Jake said before, practice what we preach. We're doing the hard work. We've done the hard work. We are the most authentic motherfuckers. Whatever I ever talk about, I've done or yeah. I'm doing. Yeah. I will never. And I said to Jake the other day we did a talk for ECU and we talk from authenticity and what we've done. And I said to him, I don't think I'd be able to do a talk if, if it's not something I've done. I wouldn't feel comfortable and I wouldn't be good at it. Being incongruent. Yeah, like I'm not a professional talker. Like we're working on that. But it's yeah. easy to talk about something when it's raw, real, passionate yeah. and it's you. Yeah. So everything I talk about, I've done no speech practice, nothing. And the testimonials we're getting back is just amazing. Mm, but it's just raw, authentic. Impact, yeah approach but yeah that's how we met and then we've just kind of just run really fucking hard since then yeah mm. that's awesome all right so tell us a little bit more about the um empower project you want to take this one <laughs> so i guess our mission statement is to transform one million people's lives um through uh, happiness gratitude and, and resilience but our mission statement says we're we're obviously the at the empower project our mission is to inspire educate and empower one million people through um, happiness, gratitude and resilience. Uh, our ethos is obviously we've been through the darkness and we want to obviously, you know, through our strategies, tools and that, help people reconnect to their authentic self. And that's just about equipping, you know, fly in, fly out workers, the work, for, you know, your corporate level workforce, schools, uh, teachers and everything with the right tools and strategies and using our stories uh, backed by cognitive behavioural therapy, NLP, so... It's not just random shit. We've, we back it by neuroscience, cognitive behavioural therapy. So everything that we do, we preach. It's practised in the battlefield, whether that's running ultra marathons, cold pack a day, so, you know, quitting smoking, mm. breaking through these limiting beliefs and then being able to make something and do something for you. We want to share these tools and strategies with everyone. Yeah. Because same thing as when I was jumping around as a gang member at Tony Robbins fist bumping, you know what I mean? <laughs> when I broke through that and I realised, I was just like, wow, we need to be able to give this to everyone. Yeah. Um, and then I think, again, our unique point of difference is just ready to outwork everyone, being real, being raw, being authentic and just giving a shit more than a lot of people. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And I guess that's so that's that sums it up in, in the nutshell. And mm. then I think, Graydon, can you can add on there if you want. Yeah, I think that's yeah, that's pretty much summed it up well. And I think the main approach that we like to take is that, you know, if we can do it, why can't you? You know, because that's something I've battled for a long time is, fuck like that, I don't know if I could ever do that. But then now it's like, well, why the fuck not? Like if they can do it, why can't I do it? So when we say we want to inspire, educate and empower, it's like we're inspiring people to get up, take action, take charge. 
that's where you have to break down that limiting belief and that's what you guys mm. need to focus on yeah, as well. Yeah, the limiting belief is huge. I've mm. had immense battles with that. So is Jake. But like Jake said, we've been in the trenches. We've done the work on it. Still doing the work. Mm. It's always we're an not ongoing perfect, thing. By the way, and just, that's, just no, that's too far No, we're not perfect at all. But we, yeah. I, I have overcome some big, big mountains and I know what it takes to get through it. Yep. Uh, but far from perfect. If you think that you're perfect, there's something that's no, really a problem. No, you're not. And you're always <laughs> learning. But you know, like we're the Empower Project is like <laughs> – Two idiots like us two, you know, <laughs> somewhat uneducated. Look, I'm, I'm extremely dyslexic. I struggled through school. hate getting told what to do. You know, yeah. we've both got authentic kind of stories like that. But there's such a stigma that if you want to be successful in life, whether it's in personal growth, business, sports, whatever, that you have to be either educated, you have to have a good backing, that kind of stuff. It's like it doesn't mean anything. All you need to have is a goal, a strong why. Mm-hmm. And just fucking go hard. Yep. And that's what the Empowered Project's about. We just we educate, empower, and inspire people to do that. Doesn't matter what unless you are, say, a successful business already and you want a personal growth or you're someone that dropped out in year nine mm-hmm. and you want to start a business. You know, it doesn't mean shit. If you have the right backing and you have a strong enough why, and that's obviously the packages that we give to people through talks, workshops, mindset training, all that kind of stuff. It just gives them a little couple more tools to chuck on the belt to then go hard at it. And obviously trying to attack the white collars as well, like educate and empower those guys, um, as well as blue collars. So it's like getting guys out of the trades that there's nothing wrong with trades. Like I love mm. doing my trade, best thing mm. I did. Yeah. And it got me overseas. Like I love it. Same with scaffolding, even though it made me, gave me like the uh, financial backing to get out, you know, even though I actually had fun doing it still. Would I go back? Absolutely fucking not. But <laughs> I freaking enjoyed it while I was I'll doing never it. go back to being a <laughs> yeah. mechanic either, but... <laughs> Guys, this isn't really enough. <laughs> no, like, right, because this is giving people hope because they want to change it. But even being yeah. a trade, like, if you love your trade but you're not content, you've got to look inwards mm. and say, why? Mm. Do, I need a, do I need to step it up a role? Do I need to start my own business? Do I need to get a dual trade? Do I need to get a specialised trade like, you know, welding? Oh, well, I'm kind of plateauing, oh, underwater welding, you know, like. But that's the thing with trades as well. Like, so let's you do your apprenticeship. You're constantly going to want to be growing. So, like, even if you do get your own business, eventually you're going to be like, what's the next step from there? So there's so many, like, different pathways to do. And mm. I guess it's just whether it still is in the construction industry or it is, you know, another path, as long as it is something, like, that you see in your vision that you want to achieve, like, you've got to do it. I think as well with your podcast, like, obviously not everyone wants that. Obviously, people listening to your podcast and watching your journey probably are wanting that. Some people are super content being a labourer, you know, and TAS. Okay too. And that is Beautiful. beyond okay. And I give those people – I envy them because being in my head for one day is fucked. So I envy people like that. I really do. But a lot of people in the trade see those people and they think that that's where they have to be as well. And mm. I think that's just important to express that that's not where you need to be. And I was actually talking to someone about this last night. Um he was saying, I was talking to him and saying that, like, I see a lot of, you know, female, like, influencers and stuff. Like, you know, there's males as well. Mm. But like, I guess, like, like, the female audience is, like, a lot stronger on social media, you know. Like, mm. you know, you see some people that are like, oh, like, I love my trade. But they're just trying to look for the camera. And I'm like, I don't want to be like that. And I'm not about that. Mm-hmm. Like, I've got a few things on my bricklaying page. But you can tell that I'm not trying to look hot doing it. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm just showing off my work and whatnot. But, yeah, like. I don't know where I was going with that now. <laughs> I think that's that's so true though. Like if you want to be impactful or if you yeah. want to be an influence on social media, you've got to be real and you raw. Have to, yeah, you have to love it. But that's, yeah, exactly. I think and especially I being a female, like being a female, you've got that kind of stigma, like you've got to look hot doing your trade mm. where it's like, and that's why I followed you on the socials. Like I love it because you're just real, raw and authentic. Like it is what it is. <laughs> and that's like same as Jake. And that's one thing with my stories. Like I'm not, I still don't really enjoy them that much, but I do really like the feedback. But beans, every day I wake up, you know, like I set a goal for one month every single day to talk my story about whatever's yeah, going on yeah. that day. Some days it was amazing. It was your standard influence, like positive. But then some days were fucking terrible and mm. I did not want to turn on that camera and talk to it, but I did. Yeah. And the feedback. There are so many people watching you that you do not realise. I still mm. can't comprehend this sometimes. And I haven't got a big following, but just in general, a lot of people will follow your journey. But the messages I was getting was like, fuck, man, like you're having a really – so have I, like just the relativity and, mm. and like just people realising that. Everyone that goes through something. Everyone's – This everyone's, is where I was really looking into you and this is how like I knew about you and all your – like you well, because I've been following you for a while but I've seen your journey now and it was literally from your story. Yeah. Well, that mm. oh, that's amazing and I, and I appreciate that and it's just kind of letting everyone know that 
and this is my favourite saying from my man David Goggins, everybody's shit stinks. Some people just hide it better. Yeah. Mm. And it's so true. Like I've mm. had people reach out to me for help and then their social media portrays this amazing life, mm. you know, huge yeah. following, everything, the car, all that. But they're in a suicidal state yeah. and it's like mm. – but they're posting every day and it's like – it's not matching up where no. the authenticity side, it's not only authenticity to yourself, it's to others. So it's like, hey, I have really good days. I practice gratitude. I'm positive. I'm smashing it. I'm kicking goals. Some days I wake up and I fucking hate life. But it's just like these are all emotions everybody has. Mm. You will never meet one person that wakes up every single day and they just smile and they love yeah. life. We all have ups and downs. Mm. You have to have downs to have ups. Yeah. It's just don't stay in the downs and how often are those downs? Yeah. That's when you got to take action. It's just really starting like understanding what the triggers are for those as well. Yeah. Because no one's ever like, you can come out of depression, but you're still going to have depression. I still have depression. Like I have mm. my de- depressed days, but I understand what the triggers are for them as well mm. better now than I did. And you, and, and that's because you've done the work. Yeah. Mm. But you have yeah. done the work. And that's yep. going back mm. on that. Like you can, you can only do ownership. Mm. Every, everyone's got, issues everyone's got things going on in life but a lot of people are scared to admit it or scared to look into it and like Mm. the journey when i begin my journey to actually pick all my flaws and then start working on them being an egotistic masculine was hard Mm. i was i don't have any problems yeah i had a fucking bucket full of them i was like (laughs) where do we start like let's pull out some but but doing it being uncomfortable being vulnerable pushing through it pushing through it and then actually having a win and overcoming either a limiting belief, a bit of trauma, something within yourself, overcoming it, it's like you just have a little win and you're like, fuck, you just stack it up and then you just keep doing that. And like I said, I've still got a full bucket of shit to deal with, mm. but I've got a full bucket of shit I have dealt with. Yeah. And it's just, and then you, once you get momentum, whether it's mm. personal growth, business, anything, once you've got that momentum, you've got to keep going, get around more people, read more books, more audios, like just keep getting that momentum where now it's like no one's going to fucking stop me. I'll work harder than anyone else. I'll work on myself harder, work on my businesses harder. Like, mm-hmm. But that's from two years of getting knocked down, back up, knocked down, back up, knocked down, back up. And I think um, the world or they always say the world works as a mirror reflecting back to you what you need to be healed and everyone goes through something. I think it was my mm. friend Emil Stevens says we're all equally beautiful and messy at the exact mm. same time. And resilient people have a habit of understanding life fucking sucks and that's okay. Yeah. You, you know, you can't – life does suck sometimes and we know it's not all sunshine and rainbows. But as soon as you can accept that life can be tough but it can also be beautiful, it's how you what you choose. You can't change what happens in the world. You can't change things sometimes but you can change what, how you react to it. Mm. And that's just – I guess it's about moving into an acceptance, you know, and realising that, hey, I'm not perfect. But if I choose to change my reaction, I can actually change something within myself. Yeah. Mm. What are some six, or do you want to share one or two of your success stories from opening the Empower Project? Um, As in within ourselves or the company itself? I guess people that have come to you guys for help, so within your coaching business. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. Um, I think for me, one that pops up, I won't mention names or anything, Mm. but there was a young guy that was trying to quit smoking. And um, we sat down and obviously I still have limiting beliefs within this area. I've still got to earn that right. And I, and I am earning that right um, to help people. But sitting there and talking with him and understanding him and accepting him and building a relationship and a connection, all within after him, uh, Jake and I did a talk at this uh, university and then been able to go through a bit of a timeline with him and he's, he was just throwing excuses at me, which a lot of people do, play victim. Yeah. But my personality, I was like, stop with the fucking excuses. Let's, like, let's go back. And we and it was confronting for him, but we went all the way back and he had this, this smile on his face. I just cannot forget it because he had the biggest breakthrough realisation on why he, was, he, he had started smoking, like wanting to fit in, wanting this and that. And then we broke through his life to now where he fits in, no one smokes around, like all this stuff. And he had this huge breakthrough. And I haven't been able to wipe that face Mm. out of my memory and that's you know that 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 is just one story that gets me out of bed every day and just seeing the impact that you can have on someone from the hard work i've put in and all i've done is just have a conversation with them and connect with them and then help them and to see that face knowing that maybe he did go back and smoke who knows well maybe he quit though like the realization Mm. and that kind of impact um yeah that's one that's just popped straight up what about yourself joe I think for me, it was uh, I had this particular person holding a lot about a lot of guilt and shame, 
about uh, chasing their dream and while COVID happened, their parents passed away. Um, and what that, when we have guilt and shame uh, trapped inside of us, it's called the map of consciousness. It's actually a vibrational frequency just above death, right, when we hold a lot of guilt and shame with us. So that's the, the emotional baggage. And just on the spot, just using some reframing questions and connecting back into that part of yourself, you know, like what do you need? If you could give yourself anything right now, like a resource, is it kindness, compassion? What would you be able to give yourself? And can you forgive yourself? Because for, for you to forgive, you'll see, you'll, like they say in forgiveness, if you forgive, you get. And that's get more personal freedom. You get more of your mental real estate back. You get more clarity. You get more self-love. But first, you have to give to yourself first. And I just helped her reframe some of these questions inside of her. And um, she just let, let's let some tears out. And that's the, the suppressed emotion. It's funny that the human mind, like when you have these trapped emotions, it will sometimes it creates a physical response in the body, like either it's migraines, this is where diseases are born and everything. When you release that trapped emotion, that's where you start to get your freedom back. And that's when you like those negative thoughts that are there that are beating you up or holding that above you, that they start to go. They disappear and that was I guess one of our our little biggest breakthroughs when in our short time as well just helping her go through that forgiveness process on the spot um, and allowing her to give herself kindness and that when she released uh, the tears she's like <sighs> and that's just allowing that to escape in her and she's finally giving herself permission to be okay yeah so I think that there's that and then I guess even you looking at personal breakthroughs sometimes like I've had to be so split between three or four businesses and then I've got to show up powerfully on the spot, unprepared. And one of my human needs is certainty. I like to go hard at things because I know if I go give it them, if I plan the best, work the hardest, I'm going to get the best outcome. Sometimes I've had to just show up and deliver. And what that's taught me is to trust myself. Yeah. And what happens, especially in modern society, automation, digital, what happens is this is actually creating like a negative habit in our brain. Life should be easy, click of a button, instant gratification. I feel shit in myself, post a social media photo, get a like, go mm. on social media, I glow through, go, oh, who's talking to me? Like, oh, who liked my photo? Like, it's training your brain and what happens is when you have the, a lot of these automation response, your attention's getting pulled everywhere because AI gives you the answers, gives you the answers, gives you yeah. the answers and then what happens the answers out there. You got to look, look for the answers, and you got to look inwards, and that's where I'm learning to trust how powerful that I am on the spot, versus a plan. And I'm like, oh, I look for the answers because I'm looking for the answers. In this, what we've had to just quickly make things happen. I just had to trust my intuition and trust myself. So that was one of my personal biggest breakthroughs too. And I've just had to right, bang make it happen, and it just worked. I was like, oh fuck. <laughs> 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 yeah, do you guys find that the um, pressures of social media is definitely changing a lot these days with, men's, with pe mental health? Mm. Yeah, there's society's expectations that are set on people with social media is just intense. Mm. And people thinking that they have to adhere to these expectations day in, day out is, um, yeah, it, it is jeopardising mental health nowadays and that's why I want to bring that authenticity back into social media. Like yeah. social media was created like social media for mm. people to socialize to connect you know connect with family i mean when facebook first come out and pe the parents family were like you guys are going to be hooked on that like that's no good for you i'm so strict with my restrictions on social media now because it has such a negative effect on me mm. where i look from an outside perspective as like members of my family now and they're hooked on it like 10 times worse than what i was but yeah. when facebook first come out so it's, it's addictive. People look to it, like Jake said, for a dopamine hit. It's the same as porn, sex, social drugs, media. It all, alcohol. Drugs, alcohol. Yeah. It just gives yeah. you quick dopamine hit and that's it. But it's also an aggressive crash after where like things like just basically calling yourself out, like seeing scrolling. I did it the other day and I, I was lacking dopamine. I was drained. I'd had a tough client. It was just a hard day. And I found myself just sitting there scrolling, but I stopped and I sat with it and said, why am I scrolling? I'm low on dopamine. I'm low on dopamine. I'm going to have a fucking ice bath, jump back out, and I'm like, no need for social media. It's <laughs> also yeah. really a big one, like digital entertainment, technology is all beautiful, amazing things, but if you're not armed with the right tools and the awareness behind you, it controls you. 
So you can either mm. take a step back and be able to control it or it will control you. And that's because you're unconsciously getting programmed by dopamine hits. Same thing. It's just literally the same thing because it's it's like a it's like a, I can't remember specifically the metaphor, but it's called Pavlo's dog metaphor, and we learn it in NLP. And he says this guy, not Richard Brander, that's the owner of NLP. He he rings the bell, and he feeds the dogs, and he does this for months. And now he rings the bells, and he creates an automated response. The dogs are all of a salivate, and he won't give them any food. So the same thing that works in human beings as well. If you get on the the action. Get on social media, get the dopamine hit. Yeah. What am I doing? I'm creating a reliance on my phone to get myself dopamine mm. versus, you know, doing that can be good behavior with moderation or uh, what do they say? Can't remember, not tolerance. Can't remember the word, but it's creating that behavior, dopamine. So you're creating an, an unconscious bad behavior because dopamine hit, same thing, porn, easy, but it's just programming us. So yeah. it's a beautiful thing, but we just need awareness around it. And that's, but we're also going to be um, leaning into as well at the Empowered Project is teaching people awareness around it because once you understand your mind and what is going on in there, you can then create positive change in your life. Yeah. Creating awareness, creating that control and simple, easy things like either being aware of your screen time. All my notifications are muted. I have restricted time on certain apps. I still post on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, all that we've got. Four businesses that are yeah. constantly posting. There's always a lot going on, but my social time is half than what it was when I was just working full time as a mechanic, and that was it. I've halved it, and I do all the social medias and everything. Yeah. So it's been super aware of it and just setting things in place. Like, I guess for a certain time of the night, it goes on do not disturb. I don't look at it. I don't go and bed on my phone anymore. If mm. it's like a number one rule, if as soon as I sit on that mattress, I can't touch that phone. Yeah. So a few times I've forgotten this an email. I'll get up and out of bed and send it. But that's just a mindset though, because if you just say, "Oh, just send it this one time," and you lay in there, send the email, then you start scrolling. But it's not even that. It's also the fact that it's the light, the like the blue light. Even mm. if you turn the blue light off on the phones, because I know that's what I do at nighttime, mm. but it's still not the same. Mm. It's still that light, and that's just gonna affect yeah. Well, your sleep it, anyway. Ed, Ed Mollett talks about that on the podcast, where just one look at the blue light reactivates. I think it was Andrew Huberman as well on that same podcast. It reactivates. I'm dyslexic, but whatever thing in your head, and basically yeah, the, head thing. <laughs> the, the head thing that makes you think, thing. Yeah. yeah, it reactivates that for half an hour. So just a simple yeah. look of the phone yeah. puts the brain into crank mode, and then you try to sleep. So you're never going to go into a solid deep sleep. And I actually suffered from chronic fatigue for years, and well, I only sleep for about 20 minutes deep sleep a night, and I tried everything under the sun. I ended up having no surgery to fix a lot of it, but. One thing I'd noticed a massive difference was not going on my phone. Mm. Switching the brain off, not the blue light, but also not thinking about shit. Just That's the thing. Just you, switching off. You open up a world and then your brain's just constantly ticking like, oh, I've done it. Especially starting this podcast. <laughs> I've been a nightmare lately. Like, uh, So I'm constantly like, all these new podcasts are coming up and I'm like, oh, what are they doing? And now my brain's just like going, going, going. And every then night as soon I'm as you bed, click over, you're just like, it. no. Yeah. I I'm like, you're an idiot. Stop doing that. Such a but positive exercise phone, to do before bed. I found like when, you, when you're struggling to switch off, I do a lot of breath work and meditation before mm. bed. And if that's not your thing, that's all good. It wasn't mine, but I urge you to lean into it if it's not. But if it's not your thing, simply putting your phone down and just bringing your nervous system down by just taking three deep breaths in through the nose, out through the mouth and just deep and just being conscious with yourself. And then go lay in bed. You're not really going to want to jump on the phone. And that's how I actually started it. So now I'll do 30-minute deep meditation before bed. But that was it. Just three deep breaths to bring the nervous system right down. Yeah. And, and jump in bed. If possible as well, put your phone away. Like charge on the other side of the room. I've also heard there's a few people that have told me that they admit some really bad frequencies or whatever. The radiation? Yeah. 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 I've heard that it's really bad from the iPhone. And if you just plug it on the other side of the room, it's A, it's away from you and B, you can't touch it. And also when your alarm goes off, you got to get up out yeah, of bed and turn it off. The amount of times I need it, well, I need to do that. I'm pretty good with getting out of bed, but yeah. I've done it and I've laid there just listening to it like, oh, this is so annoying. Yeah. <laughs> Let me sleep. Yeah, literally. But then like, if it's dark, you can't see where you're going, so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's you out. Guys. Yeah. That's five puppies. Yeah, we're not going to let you We're not going to let you have that one. You need to call yourself out, though. <laughs> All right, guys. So before we things, uh, wrap things up today, I'm just going to ask you guys a few questions. This is like mm. some rapid fire questions that I'm going to ask everyone. So I guess we'll go Brayden uh, first and then Jake. 
So what is something that you implement into your daily routine to always be consistent? Three gratefuls every morning and 10 pages of a book every single day. I have not missed a day for two and a half years. That's whether amazing. I'm on a plane flight, whether I'm staying at someone's house. I've had people laugh at me because I bring my book to write my three gratefuls. Um, three gratefuls. So my trainer made me step it up. I wrote my why, so why I'm doing what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And I was doing that for a long time and then he got me to put three gratefuls and um, three goals for the day. So I do that every single morning. Yeah, like I said, I've taken book to people's houses and they've laughed in the morning and I'm like, I don't give a fuck, this is my routine. Yeah. So that's yeah. something that, yeah, every single morning and that just before I even look at my phone, I read 10 pages of a personal growth, business growth, some sort of growth book mm. um, and then do the, yeah, the gratefuls, the goals and the why and that's just like solidifies me for the morning and then I take my phone off, do not disturb and yeah. take on the clusterfuck that comes out of that. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so for me, I have a morning and an evening routine and they yep. always consist of the evening routine consists of setting myself up for success with my food, make sure I get all my food ready and stuff like that, all my clothes, everything that I need to, um, business stuff, all my bags and I'll plan my day. So I'll have my calendar and a time block every hour of the day uh, and I structure it, plan, prioritise and execute. So I have to do that. Uh, so then when I wake up, First thing, I activate my morning routine. It's literally like programming. And then I'll make my bed. I'll make my bed, brush my teeth, vitamins, super greens. And then I listen to a five-minute gratitude while I'm driving or something like that and just, you know, calm my nervous system down. And then as soon as I get to wherever I need to go, I'll open up my journal and I will say something thank you, like thank you or something I can appreciate about life. Thank you. Like, for example, my... Thank you for allowing me to wake up again and having my heart beat 365 days of a year. And then I'll give, before I, I'll say something that I'm grateful for, then I'll give love to myself. So when my love cup is overflowing, I can then serve so much people around gyms, coaching businesses, mm. work with anxiety, depression, heaps of different other things that I won't even mention on here. If I love myself and I've got, I'm overflowing from me, so I give love to me first. And then yeah. I just tell myself what I love about myself or what I'm proud about myself of. And then I'll write down two, two or three things that I would love to attract and received into my life that I'm actively working towards. And that it, it fucking, you know, I was like, oh, my God. I wrote down paid speaking and then I was just like, great, oh, my God, we got paid for speaking, look. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and I'm like, that's not like the law of man. That's bullshit without action. So yeah. I always have that. Um, I've always been choppy and changing with books and online courses, but I've just kind of re, with the help of Graydon, re-nailed my um, my reading again because yeah. I've not got no time. I time block, blah, blah, blah. My fucking life stress. So he's like, have you got 15 minutes? I was like, fuck. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. I fucking do. <laughs> fuck you, Graydon. I'll fucking go back to reading books. And then I've been super freaking consistent for mm. uh, eight weeks. No, no. <laughs> more than that, bro. I reckon right. that's the thing. Consistency yeah. is key. Like it's hard to start, but then once yeah. you get going, and then don't break it. Something like a routine like that, or a routine like mine, it's not um, doing it. Like someone's not going to. I urge you not to listen to this and try to do all of that. Yeah, yeah. no. Just pick. No, you guys have a lot up. as well. Like I'm mm. extremely dyslexic, so reading ten pages a day is not plausible for someone that's just dyslexic, mm. especially at quite. Like I'm reading Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich at the moment. That's a hard book for me to read, <laughs> like a hard book. So I've actually taken yeah. the pages down to two to five. Yeah. But when I first started, I actually only read one page. It would take me like 10 minutes. But I only started on one page. Then I went two, then I went three. Same as your gratitude, same as your journaling, same as your super greens, like all that. Mm. Just set one thing and do it for three months. Yeah. And then because it take, they say it takes 21 days for a habit, but it's not. It's 66 to 90 days to lock it in. So do it for that time, then pick up something else. Mm. Then do that for that time. And that's Mm. what we've done for a couple of years to the point where like I have people ask me all the time, how the fuck do you fit everything in a day? It's like everybody has 24 hours. No one's gifted 26 or 28. It's just how you use it. Mm. And like I said to Jake, called him out because that's what mates do. So have you got 15 minutes? Fucking read a few pages. Yeah. Fuck, I do. But that's what a mate does and that's what a mentor does and that's what someone does. It's like call, you, call them out on their bullshit yeah, and call yourself out on the bullshit. Yeah. Another good thing that I've learned and this is about like going through it all and raising your standard and everything is how you do one thing. is how, So how you do one thing is how you do everything. And what I've learned from social media, all the different stuff, like we're always doing heaps of online courses for personal growth. We're trying to rush, 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 get to the result. Um, and what I had to do is I had to slow myself down 
And what that means is I was super successful in one area, but then I'd leave a messy freaking house and freaking gym or yeah. just, and it'd be very minute. It would just be like not turning that mat at one time or not mm. having that dumbbell perfect. And I just learned like going through, like just retraining my mind, like go make that dumbbell perfect. When I, and I just kept doing all the things that I didn't want to do. I was like, oh, I don't want to do it, go do it. Oh, I can't be fucked brushing my teeth tonight, go out and do it. Because it gets mm. me every night when I'm so busy that I'm in bed, I forget to brush my teeth. I'm like, get out, fucking brush <laughs> your teeth, motherfucker. I reckon that is the it definition is, of succeeding is doing, doing the small it. things that are it easy is. to do but easy not to do. Yeah. Brush, and, brush your teeth, make your bed. So easy to do. It's also easy not to do. Mm. Yeah. And so. it's just like, yeah, if you master getting all the little things right, everything becomes easier. And I was just like, I'm kicking ass everywhere. And then you just keep doing it. Like, for example, when I leave my gyms, everything will be symmetrical almost. Like everything looks like perfect. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And we just do that. And I do it in such a way because I just know and just then I'm going to transfer that and put it, apply it to something else. And then when you want to skip a step, procrastinate, it gets too hard, oh, i got to do that thing. Then you go back, you do the hard thing, you do the hard thing, you do the hard thing, you do the hard thing and then just – grows bigger and bigger then just keeps spreading to all of your life don't yeah. want to do the dishes i'm gonna do the fucking dishes motherfucker <laughs> and then you get these conversations with your mind and you're like hey you keep going i'll do it <laughs> you know, yeah 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 that's what i thought that's just what i have i was just like i won't do that and sometimes i'm obviously kind to myself but i'll catch myself about do the fucking thing yeah so then I'll, I'll go over to the thing i'm like yeah yeah in my mind i'm like i'm gonna do it you can be kind to yourself today. That's what I fucking thought. I'm going to back up my room. So I might actually do it, but I was like, I'll get over there and do the thing and I'll literally have this conversation with myself. I'll put you in your place. And then I was like, he's like, no, no, that's cool. I was like, be kind. I'm like, All right, cool. I'm going up to my bed and I can live at peace and then in the morning I'll go there. But, you know, <laughs> for the people listening, Jake's not OCD at all. Yeah, yeah, I'm not OCD. So it's like it's just positive habits because that's yeah. and, and it's just that self-discipline positive habits because you're not OCD at all nah. but organising everything. It doesn't satisfy OCD. It satisfies your discipline, knowing that when he comes to work the next day, it's set up. Yeah, yeah. It's, just it's doing clarity. The... Like we said about the office desk today in the mm. office. I was just like, I reset my desk. And I'm not OCD at all. I'm far from it. Yeah. I used to be the complete opposite. Yeah, I'm opposite. not OCD either. I'm just, I could do all the things that I don't want to do. Oh, I could be doing something else. We could do that. Thing. It just brings mental clarity because then the next day you've got way more mental space because you're not, you get to a clustered desk and you're like, oh, fuck, now your day starts clustered. Same as making your bed. You get home, bed's made, you're like, oh, fuck yeah, I'm just going to dive into it kind of thing. It's just those small little things you mm. do every mm. single day that just brings that mental clarity. Yep. But you're definitely OCD. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> just do the things that I want. When I, the only thing I'm OCD with is in my gym. And yeah. My room's always pretty clean and my bed's always good. And, yeah, that's probably it. <laughs> <laughs> These aren't rapid fire questions. I was going to say, this is not a rapid fire question, guys. I'm going to ask you one more. All right. All right, fire. Let me figure out which one I want to ask. Um, We can rapid fire these ones. Okay, let's do this one. We'll try to. Okay. What's your proudest accomplishment so far? Oh, fuck. (laughs) I can't. Yes, I do. Making my dad proud. (laughs) Okay. Yep, yeah. Dad told me for the first time, like probably six, eight months ago, that he was proud of me. And that was just such an amazing moment. There's obviously hundreds of moments, to be honest, but that one just hits me it so hits hard. Different, yeah. yeah, well, he's my masculine figure. He's a man that I want to become. There's some things that I'll do myself, but there's so much of my dad that I love. So for him to say I'm proud of you, knowing that how I used to live life probably wasn't leaving that impression mm. on him, to now I am, um, yeah, that, that'd be one of the top moments. Mm, that's awesome. I've got two that are tied, so I'm going to quickly say them. You only get one. I'm going to say two. Best uh, <laughs> quick. Quitting FIFO with more and opening up a business with mm-hmm. my best mate Benny uh, when we didn't think it was possible. Mm. Mm. And then the second thing is becoming my most rawest, authentic self yeah. and becoming my own fucking super, superhero. I mm. love that. You know that is man? so powerful. There's yeah. so many to answer that's, for that yeah. question, eh? You know, that art. would be, it's like I'm a mixture of an anime figure with David Goggins mixed with a martial <laughs> artist, mixed with a nerd, mixed with a bad boy. Mixed I know, with, you have with, it all. I, yeah, I'm a holistic gangster, nerdy motherfucking <laughs> chop your face off. And that's everything. <laughs> I'm just like, ooh, great. And my personality, when we go into my office, it's everything of my personality on my table. It's like anime figure, martial arts trophies, grading, certificates. Spiritual Buddha stuff, samurai swords. I'm just like, yeah, put it all there. Nerdy stuff and that stuff. I got like a candle. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna change that. I guess I'm gonna get some Graydon's personality on there. Some Gog stuff, <laughs> and I won't mention anything else. <laughs> <laughs> but you said it in the car. Yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Oh, okay, we'll go quickly on this last one then. So, right. what's your favorite way to de-stress after a long day? 
We kind of mentioned Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Because yeah. that's pretty right, especially when you dive into businesses, like businesses and also taking on other people's issues temporary to help mm-hmm. them through them takes a huge toll. So I find for me it's just doing nothing but allowing myself to do nothing. I can't do nothing until I've ticked my list. So if I'm feeling stressed and overwhelmed, mm. I'll go into hyper focus, tunnel vision, get the fuck out of my way. I'm getting this list done. And then I'll literally sit in complete peace, relax for even literally an hour to just watch Netflix for me. I know that's extreme for some people. Like, fuck, I watch four hours a night. Like, probably change that. But for me, that's just one hour every two weeks. I sit, don't look at my phone, just nothingness. And then I usually do a probably a 20 to 30 minute meditation before bed. Mm-hmm. And the next day I'm born again. Yeah. Yep. And I, I do that, that probably yeah, every one or two weeks. Yeah. Yep. I love to uh, work and train that hard to like the point where I hate myself. Well, not really. I, <laughs> I, I just like, I like to like work. So I call it like I stretch myself so much physically, mentally and emotionally. And then I like to go home. So I get there, I work so hard, train so hard. Not this week though, but 90% of the time, really, really do train hard though. Um, And I get to like Friday or Saturday and I know that I've earned everything. Everything that I'm up. So I have like from maybe like 4 till 9 at 9 p.m. at night where I've earned this super loving comfort and I've earned it all. I love. I put my phone on Do Not Disturb because I'm on it 24-7, organising this, calling that, computer that, phone goes on Do Not Disturb and I'll watch, I either play PlayStation 5 or I'll watch anime, <laughs> like martial arts anime. <laughs> uh, and I just, just sit there and bless and then I just reflect. I'm like, wow, what have I been doing really well? What can I call myself out on? Yeah. What can I do better? And I just do that. Maybe I'll have one or two drinks too. I like the sugar-free one at once. I'll probably have uh, get mate grade and have one with me today because we've been on fire. Uh, but yeah, I'll have like two of them. Yeah. Um, if I've earned it, I'll have like like a nice big chicken burrito or pizza, whatever the fuck I want. It, depending on what if I've earned it. If I haven't mm. earned, it, I won't have it. Um, and then that's just my time to myself. I get that. Do not disturb. I get my comforts and my vices that I've earned, and I'll have that guilt-free. Uh, have my drinks and I'll just reflect like you've been showing up, motherfucker. Let's go. You have that beer, fucking eat that burger, watch that anime, and I'm just like ah. Then I wake up, and I'm ready to go a fourteen yeah. to like anywhere from twelve to sixteen hour a day, and just push the limits. I think so many people could let, get so much from that, like not just rewarding yourself all the time. And when people say like. I love it when I do it so much, so much. You've no idea. I mean, but I you appreciate it so more. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, so much. Yeah. But you oh, sit in the it. moment and you appreciate it. it it's like for I instance, almost feel like I would cry. I'm like, oh, my God, this is so good. <laughs> Wait, yeah, I'm, because, I'm, yeah, you push yourself so hard, yeah. You push yourself hard and then you reward yourself and it tastes better. It's like mm. I didn't have coffee for three months as a challenge and then I had coffee and I appreciate it. No. I have a lot of coffee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And now I really yeah, love it. <laughs> but every single one of them, <laughs> every one of them I appreciate now. But, yeah, yeah. That's, that's a good one, man. Yeah, thank you, bro. All right, Likewise. well, guys, that's the time for today. So thank you so much for joining me on this episode. No worries. No Thanks worries. for having us. And um, I'll pop your – where can we find you guys? Uh, so Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. Yeah, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. All of our uh, links on uh, www.empowered.com. Dash. Dash or slash? It's a hyphen. I don't even know what it's called. A, a hyphen thing. It's like the, Empowered, the dash thing. not an underscore, the one that's in the middle. Is a hyphen? I think it's dash. It's not a dash. I might be. I could be. Okay, right. well, I'll put it on the, <laughs> <laughs> on the show notes anyway. You think we're going you to business, right? It's that little sweet thing. Anyway, all the social links are on there. Yeah. And then obviously our personal LinkedIn, Instagrams, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. All right. Thanks, guys, so much for joining me today. Thank cool. you. Thanks for having us. Bye. So that's all I have for you guys today. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Let's Talk Tradies. If you like this episode or think you might know someone who might like this episode, please like it and share it on your Instagram stories and tag me in it at Let's Talk Tradies.